Good afternoon, everyone. So today is episode seven of Mind the Back Chat. Yeah, and today we are going back in time. Back to when we actually didn't have any responsibility or anything to do with... Uh, uh, actually, I was going to say patience, but that's so not true. So no jobs. Yeah, learning how to become the osteopaths that we are today. Yeah, so what we are going to do is give you a couple of stories about our university life. It's story time. Yeah. So I think what has come up in previous episodes quite a lot is actually the competitiveness of universities. Oh, so are you talking about sports day? Of course I'm talking about sports day because we won it out of the four years that I was there, we won it three times and uh, not here to gloat or anything, but we were the better university because of that. Probably because you did not drink a single ounce of beer. Yeah. You guys are just sober. You guys took it so seriously. Whereas we kind of, we were like, oh yeah, you know, whatever happens, happens. We just enjoy the day. You guys didn't. Well, the, the truth of it is as well is because we spent so long getting everything organized for all the other unis, getting all the other unis there. And then we thought, yeah, we put a lot of effort in for this. We we're just gunning for it. And don't, don't, don't give me the rubbish <laughs> that, that we didn't drink either. Uh, 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 you guys definitely did not drink as much as we did. I, I know very well one of the guys from your uni who went around with the, with the beer horn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh. <laughs> Good guy. Legend. Legend. Legend and a half. But, you know, you can't, you can't find excuses for just sucking at sports compared to the mighty ESO. No, because we beat her at volleyball and that was the sport that I was in. I, no, we, I, I, I remember sp- now. For a guy who's five foot six, I was spiking the hell out of you guys. I rem- it, not in a beer sense, as in like volleyball guys. <laughs> Let's that, make that and, very clear. And that's it. He still couldn't beat us after that. So, yeah. no, but I was thinking like, I remember because I think I would have been in my third and fourth year. And I, I remember my fourth year because I wasn't injured. Um, <laughs> uh, that when we played football, we played you and I remember playing against you. Yeah, and, and actually... Because there, there was this player who was quite nippy and got around the pitch quite well. Yeah, potentially. Because when... So, we, we did kind of speak about this previously, maybe a couple of days ago, and how we were both in uni. So we are using that story that we've just spoken about before. And mm. then we had that sudden realisation of, wait a second... Who are you? <laughs> yeah, it's you. Yeah, you yeah. were that guy who was just... The six foot two lanky guy. Yeah, who was limping around the place. I had torn my ATFL, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they had to look after you for the entire day. You were that guy. I was that guy. I just had an uh, elbow injury that year as well. I also had another ankle injury that year. So, you know, I learned a lot about empathy. And I also learned a lot about rehab that year. And I, I, I vaguely remember you being with Josh a lot. That and, day and, I had to be. And it was tough. To be honest, for, for you to be looked after by Josh, that, that was hilarious. Because it would have just been like... Oh. You're in pain? Yeah, yeah exa- exactly. <laughs> just been inside the tent and just be like, oh, you okay, dude? Oh, great, man. Here's the beer horn. Yeah, 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 yeah. He used to go around with that horn everywhere. And it was, it was amazing. Oh, I remember. It was I, amazing. Everyone knew him as the beer horn guy. Oh, he's a legend. Every time he turned up. Legend. Swansea legend. were mental as well. They were they oh, were yeah, really yeah, good fun. Yeah. To be honest, all you, when all the universities came to it, it was just such a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
The only university that kind of did not get any rep was LSO. I was about to say LSO didn't. <laughs> they like they'd get like three students turning up a it year. Was, it was so, there were seven that year. Just to say they didn't win the tug of war. No. Oh my gosh, dude! They flew. They flew. They flew. It was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, the, the final was our year against your year. It always. I think it always. I think it was always that final. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I, I just remember one year we had this one guy who was just absolutely huge. Michael. Was, was that your guy? No, 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 no. So, so Michael, wait, from your year? Or I can't, year? no, it wasn't from my year. Or from your university. Oh, we had a guy called Mike from our university, big rugby lad. So, so we actually went to uh, secondary school together. You're, no, you couldn't. Yeah, have. yeah, 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 yeah. We went to secondary school. He was in the year above me. Okay. I don't think we're talking about the same Mike because he was in his 30s when he was at uni. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're speaking of a different Mike. And yeah. he was a rugby player as well. Okay. So he, he was huge. Oh, no, I know who you're on about now. Yeah. And yeah. so you guys had essentially those two against... Oh, we had a couple other big guys as well. Exactly. So you guys are just in the, in, in the sticks of the UK. Of uh, course, you're going to have people who just played rugby 24-7. I mean, the fact that I didn't even make the tug of war team just told you how big our side was because, you know... That's huge. <laughs> that was so weak. <laughs> I was just lanky it was and scrawny. Before the, gym, before the gym. Sadly, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, jeez. Painful. Hey, 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 hey. I've put on 12kg in the last three months. I know. You've been telling me. I can't shut up about it, can I? Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. But but you know what? Fair play because... So, I, I, I'm a PT, mm. as, as a lot of you guys know. I really do like it when I see people who have progressed. And when people tell me about their progressions, I'm like, that's amazing, man. Like, yeah. Good on you. Thank you. But also I put, I do put some of it, well, quite a lot of it down to you because I know I train with you on Thursdays, mm. but also you were like telling me my macros, how to get protein in and all that kind of stuff. I've been doing all those things, really focusing on getting the protein and the calories in. Yeah. And the, and the growth is insane. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. I, I see so many people who have told me oh i've been with a pt for three four years and i kind of look at them and i go okay but you've been going with them for like three to four days where's the progress yeah three to four days difficult to see the pro okay yeah that's 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 a big difference oh but i think that's the other thing as well i've never had a pt or spoken to somebody like it about it like that Mm. or had a serious conversation Mm. and then when we hit sessions together it's targeting the muscles in the correct way all that, all that kind of stuff. But even then, you know, I may not have hit the gym right back then, but we still won every sports day. Nonetheless, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on from that because He's a loser. otherwise... No, 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 because... <laughs> he knows the can, truth. We can go at this the entire day if we have to. Yeah, and you still only have zero trophies. I think you won one year, and I think that was the year that I was injured. So, you know, just saying. You didn't even play football. <laughs> I did. I got concussed in the fourth year. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I scored eight gosh. goals in my first year. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank good you. On, yeah. Good on yeah, you. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. yeah. So flex. Running away from sports day. <laughs> I'm glad you are. Appropriate. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to a little bit more of the clinical side of things. So I, I mean, that's a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, massively. So, what was clinic like for you? So, give us a little story about clinic. Um, well, let's, let's, let's just start with the obvious, you know, third year you start clinic in your summer and it's literally 
five days a week that you're in 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 there and some days can start at half eight and finish at seven o'clock in the evening yeah and you could see a maximum of 12 patients a day at that time as well and knew it our uni would be about an hour and a half because like you just want to be thorough yeah and then your continuings would be about 45 minutes yeah so it was a lot anyway you always have the dreaded first patient choice don't you yeah 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 so we had a team of five and they're all good good friends of mine and the first the tutor comes in and says right we have a first new patient who wants it obviously everyone's like oh i don't know if i want to start because you've got all your observe all your mates watching you with your first patient it was like i don't want to be bad i don't want to slip up or anything so my colleague uh bay i think it was took the first patient and uh horrendous like she did really well but it was such a complicated case the patient started crying there was like outside yellow flags, so social issues going on at home as well. Um, and just, yeah, it was so difficult. The tutor had to help out a lot just because it was really difficult to manage. She did an amazing job, but we're all sat there shaking like, oh my God, don't want the next patient. Next patient comes along, who wants it? I was like, nope, still not ready. That was terrifying. So my mate Dan took it. And uh, again, it was another complicated neurology-based patient, so nerve pain. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is, it was just such a complicated case. I'm sat there thinking like, oh my gosh, this is horrendous. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. The evening comes. It's about six o'clock in the evening at this point, being in clinic all day for the first time. And he was like, right, we've got a new patient just booked in. Who wants it? I could see the other two members of the group were like, yeah, I'm just not having it. So I was like, I'll take it. I go in there shaking, like shaking, terrified. You know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have all my colleagues sat behind me, staring at them. I can feel their eyes burning into the back of my skull. The tutors in the corner as well, like, go on, George, ask the questions. <laughs> and I'm there like shaking. I'm like, so um, why have you come today? And they're like, oh, you know, I, I went to the gym. I did some squats and I think I've just pulled a muscle in my buttock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yeah. like, the the burning sensation in the back of my head it was it, people wanted to kill you intensified massively yeah, like yeah 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 <laughs> they had such a bad day compared to me great learning experience for them by the way but like i was just there like this could not have been more simple it was the most straightforward gluteal like strain ever You're so lucky You're i was so, so lucky. lucky i oh i i fed off of it don't don't get me wrong the next three months i had a torturous time yeah because i had like quarter equina patients coming in broken backs cancers all that kind of stuff mm, suspected mm, mm, mm. um so i had a rough time but what a start yeah what a yeah, start yeah, yeah. oh geez so go on i can tell that you've had a traumatic yeah experience. so uh i'm gonna go with my first ever patient and actually i have spoken about him before so this is the patient who came in with an entire book of pathologies and his entire uh. medical history and said i'm going to die <laughs> good <laughs> So, yes, I, I had an absolutely terrible experience. So, you know what? I'm going to move from that patient and actually say a little bit more of a happier patient. Okay. So, what I'm going to say is this individual here, uh, I am not going to go into any sort of detail of how they kind of got injured just okay. because of the nature of it okay uh <laughs> interesting yeah it may be for another day but for today no nope um so essentially for for, for today i'm gonna call him kevin and i look on the file i'm like kevin sorry kevin. 
Where's Kevin? Um, <laughs> Home Alone references, guys. Yeah. Don't get cancelled, please. Um, and I'm looking at the file, and it's this guy, Kevin. Okay, around 50. Okay, cool. Male. Oh, nice. Okay. And I go out into the reception, and I go, um, Kevin? Oh, you have to say their surname. Mr. So-and-so. Kevin. Um, and when I heard, hey. Oh, oh, damn, you're on the floor. Oh, there you are. Oh, like, legitimately on the floor? On the floor, on the floor. Wow. Like, flat on the floor. And I was like, you good there, bro? He's like, yeah, man. I love how chill you are about this. Like, <laughs> hey, bro, how's it going down there? You, you good, man? You good? Oh, yeah, man, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, you, you want to hand out there? No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you in a second. Just give me a little time. Oh, I'll say less. Okay. I have a feeling that was just all part of your imagination <laughs> uh, okay I, I am imagining that part a little bit it was a lot more professional than that uh, i did help him up um and then so wait he was legitimately on the floor he was on the floor oh, he was okay. on the floor no, no the way we spoke to each other the way i just kind of said that that was fake uh, but he was genuinely on the floor and he had lower back pain okay very acute came on essentially that same morning yeah. could not walk wow um and i was speaking to my tutor i did the case history and i went this is an sij irritation uh just very standard what did he do that night and we can't go into the next was that, that like the question that you were told to ask that the patient i asked the patient and oh yeah because you want to know the onset and he told me it came uh, on in the night it came on during the night and okay. essentially the onset was the next morning but he did not make the the connection between the two i'm with you and essentially my tutor looked at me and i looked at him and we we're like is that exactly what happened and like yeah man I was like, oh okay cool so what did i do <laughs> yeah man <laughs> i manipulated his low back and it was like the loudest pop it was so stuck that the second I went for it, a little bit of a lumber roll. So a lumber roll is when you put the patient into a twisted position, went into it, and it was like the loudest bang. The tutor was there going, oh, sweet. So it was a good release. It was such a good yeah. release. Even the patient kind of went, oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. And that was it. That was it. I told him, I said, uh, look, you can come back in a week's time for us just to make sure that everything is fine. It was like a two minute session. Yeah. Once I did that, I was like, I'm pretty certain that this is it. We don't need to do anything more. And he was like, oh no, it, it's completely gone. That's see, but that's the magic of the, that's the magic of the job as well. It's like, sometimes you will have moments like that where it is just a bang. And that's it. What's it called? It's a mushroom effect, mushroom cloud effect. That's one of those yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, drop yeah. the bomb and bam. Yeah, and to be honest, it, it was just for him, you, you could sort of feel as though it was more than just the pain which was causing him mm. unease. It was like, I can't walk. Is this going to last for a couple it's of the days? the debilitatingness. Exactly. Word we really, really take for granted ability. Mass mo yeah, movement is medicine. And when you lose it, shocking it's, it's a conversation i'm just having so much in clinic at the yeah, moment yeah 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 and it really makes you realize oh gosh i miss the ability to walk just the simple things in life are the things that we miss the most yeah and it makes you more and more grateful for actually getting it back yeah but as soon as you get it back you become ungrateful again so that's that's that leads me on to another story i had in clinic i had a patient once come in 
uh, he for years his back had been getting worse, more painful. He started to develop nerve pain down the legs, pins and needles, numbness, shooting pain down one side, um, and also a bit of muscle weakness in that leg. Um, he couldn't bend forward more than five degrees, couldn't lean back, couldn't go in any direction more than five degrees. And when I even put the lightest bit of touch palpation on his back, he collapsed in a heap. Mm. And I'm there thinking, I don't know if there's anything I can do for this. Yeah. And I said to my tutor, like, he's so reactive. And my tutor was just like, listen, he's here. Let's see if we can help him. All that stuff. Three treatments, uh, three weeks in a row, gave him some exercises. Within nine months, we... And he was in his 60s at this point. Nine months? So I treated him for three weeks. Yeah. And within nine months, yeah. um, I, I had him coming back once every three months for like oh, checkup. Okay. So yeah. saw him for three weeks. Then yeah. I spread that out to every two, one. And then I said like, come back in two weeks, come back in a month, come back in two months. Then we said like three months is a good yeah. maintenance plan. By the time he came back, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm back doing my walks. I've walked 200 miles uh, over the last couple, like I think... He walked, it was a ridiculous amount of miles he's walked, but he would like go for coastal walks and stuff like that and walk miles on end. Beautiful. He, he started telling me he started doing pull-ups again. He started doing 80. like cool 60. 60. Yeah. And he started doing all this stuff. Oh, and he was like saying, I'm doing these kind of ab crunch and stuff like that. I was like, okay. I was like, maybe lean off the ab crunches a little bit because the back's quite delicate with that. There's a high risk with it. But I said like, the other stuff you're doing is fantastic. And he was like, do you know what? I feel like I can manage myself quite well. I'm going to go off. And I was like, it was just like, if you do the exercises, you do the movement. Because I've had patients similar to that who won't do the exercises, who won't do the movement. And sometimes it's, you, you can see the comparison. It's just like, mm. if you do the exercise and you do that, that's when it really clicked for me. Like, yeah. if you do your homework, you'll pass. It really works. And actually, you know what? On the fly, I'm going to tell you a story about this patient that I had. Well, it is story time. Because I had this individual who came in absolutely fit as a fiddle you know one of those people who has done very successful in life and he's now traveling enjoying the pleasures of it he went back and forth from country to country but at the same time he was in his 80s wow he had the most amazing mobility i've ever seen in my life at the end of the session i asked him so you, you know how you said you do your stretches because I, I was trying to figure out where are you going wrong with these stretches? Let's see if we can make it any better. And very quickly I found out that the stretches were not the problem. When he showed me his stretches, he put his knee onto the sink of the office, which we're talking about it's a meter free. Yeah, quite high up. Very high up. And then put his chest onto his knee. Ah, uh, see, I had a patient who did the exact same thing. 80, bro. Yeah, but I and I, and I had a 70-odd patient who did the yeah. same thing. Leg up on the bed, yeah. tried to touch their nose to their knee, yeah. back went into massive spasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a long recovery. No, f for this guy, yeah. that was just the stretches that he did on a day-to-day -day basis oh, okay. with no problem. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, this guy just had just that mobility on a day-to-day -day basis. Hypermobile or just... No, 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 no. no just stretched his whole life. Just stretched his whole life. Wow. Dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. He was one of those people who I went, I fall in love. Well, not in that sense. Yeah. But it was like... Damn. As in like you gained a lot of respect for yeah, 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 the yeah, fact yeah. that stretching yeah. can cause it. It's like, yeah. you are one of those people that osteopaths look at and go, you are a perfect example of movement is so important in your elderly age. It was like, oh my God, your textbook is fantastic. It was beautiful. Yeah. 
and it's like you add exercise or you go through exercise with them knowing that they're going to do them yeah no he was and that's so, and that's so such a rewarding thing as well knowing that your patient's going to do what you yeah. ask ask yeah. them to do not tell them to do but yeah. ask them to do and the thing is it was more like he used to turn around and go whatever you say i'll do because he knew it would work so he had so much faith in me yeah. that i was like this feels even more amazing because not only are you just the most impressive octogenarian I've ever seen in my life, yeah. but you're also so compliant with the exercises. I was like, oh, why can't I have you every single day? Just yeah, it's just like, why can't all my patients be like that? Because, yeah. because, yeah, because he also respects and he's seen himself that he knows if he stretches, he's going to keep himself mm. free. Hence why he's 80 still being able to do yeah. the stretches. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not until you tell patients to do the stretches, they don't do them. They get better because of what we've done. Yeah. And it, take, and it takes time to do so sometimes, but then the pain ends up coming back because they don't manage it themselves. And it's when that pain comes back and it's uh, debilitating them again, that the, that switch finally clicks and you're like, listen, I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I'm just, the reason I'm giving you stretches is because I want to keep you moving. I want you to keep doing the things that you love. I'm not trying to in, in, enforce it on you. But if you want to live health, healthier and be better, mm -hmm. do your stretches. And then yeah. you're like, because I've had patients do them. And, and you can be like, the patients that do them, I only see on a maintenance basis. The, pa the patients that don't, I fluctuate yeah. weeks, yeah, 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 months, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they're back. And, you know, so because the truth is we don't want them to yeah, necessarily exactly. keep coming back to us yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then it's like saying we're not doing our job. Yeah. I had a guy very recently, um, so he, I, I can't say any sort of details just because of, um, uh, he's a bit of a celebrity, uh, so I can't say much. He essentially said, I travel a lot, I won't be able to see you that often. Yeah. And I went, that's fantastic. Take your camera out and do these exercises. Yeah. You're going to film me, I'm going to show you them, give you the tips live, do those exercises every single day. Yeah. And you won't need to see me. And, and then we can, if you come back in six weeks time, that's fantastic. Come and see me. But do these exercises and your back pain won't flare up. Your lower back pain, your glute, your mid back, it just keeps you going. And I've had the, I've had the similar thing where it's like people have come in and said like, listen, I'm going back to this country and wherever. Um, and I won't be able to come back for a follow-up session. Is there any, how are we going to manage this? I was like, listen, if you just stick with these exercises, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, we'll, and just rest it for a week as well. Doing those exercises gently and you can go back to the gym doing whatever you want. And the proof's in the pudding. He did the exercise and he's back in the gym doing yeah. what he wants to yeah, and yeah, what yeah. he loves. And then it's like, we're managing it without having to be yeah. hands-on or in, in the room because yeah. we're setting up a management plan, which I think uh, is a very, it's something as well that you, start to develop outside of uni once you've graduated as well because i think a lot of people kind of don't understand what it's like to actually leave university we do not come out of university going oh yeah i know exactly what i'm doing i'm going to jump into clinic and it'll be absolutely fine you're not no, the, you're not a finished product we are not whatsoever the word practitioner comes from the word practice yeah we are constantly practicing refining our practice to then become the finished product, which actually we will never, ever, 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 ever hit. It's why we have continuous professional development. It's why we have uh, things like podcasts where we are speaking about our knowledge, keeping things fresh, because we are constantly practicing. Bringing up studies and stuff like that as well. Um, 
because research is always changing research is always proving disproving certain techniques or you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the effectiveness of specific tests as well so yeah it's a constant the whole medical field is constantly evolving yeah um so you've got a you've definitely got to stay on top of it and again when i came out of uni i worked in the nh within a private nhs clinic yeah. so i was seeing a lot of you know rehab patients for total knee replacements uh plated ankles uh fractures um all these kind of things uh disc bulges or you know people who have been referred all over the nhs and then they've ended up in front of me because there's nowhere else to go and mm. stuff like that and that's something that you don't experience in a private clinic as much like i would say 60 percent of my patients were shoulders and the other third and the 30 percent of them were ankles and knees and then you know some low backs in there but a lot of them were different areas where you don't necessarily focus on as much yeah. like when you're at uni you do all the textbook stuff you learn all the stuff you leave uni with like knowledge that is just incredible you leave with a so much you like you know so much when you leave but it keeps on changing but the practicality of it as well yeah. changes and how you apply it changes so like i had to do a lot of rehab for my patients which we necessarily didn't cover in as much detail as we should have done more so have now after graduating but i was having to do that on the job and i was seeing what works and yeah and actually you know what i'm gonna put a little bit of a flip side onto that because what you're going to do is you're going to be taught all of these different things in university but actually Again, as you said, the practicalities are very different. Yep. And even then, the efficacies are completely different. So what you tend to find is um, we used to have a, a student in our university who was very much evidence-based. Yeah. Now, for him, cranial osteopathy was one of the biggest challenges. So he used to go, why is this working? Why is this working? Or why does this have an effect? He, he It was constantly prodding at the eff efficacies of cranial osteopathy yeah so you know what when i worked on him and i had my hands onto his cranium which yeah. is essentially the skull so the, so yeah cranial is a form of osteopathy where gentle manipulation is applied to the head and spine to harmonize the forces uh, at work within our body yeah, and what you're doing is you're bringing a consciousness behind the movement of the cranial bones. Yeah. So that is the main thing. So when people kind of ask, what are you doing? You're actually not doing much. You're feeling for the movement, but yeah. at the same time when you're feeling for it, even though research says that there is a bit of doubt whether we can feel it, I can if I have to be honest. I must admit, I have patients who I treat who I have to treat cranially and the effects that I have through it it's are amazing. insane. But just bringing consciousness behind that movement actually brings a lot of relaxation. Well, also the power of touch. Yeah. But for this individual, yeah. when I was working on him cranially, he at one point said, stop. Yeah. I put my hands off immediately. Yeah. And he needed that moment, literally maybe around five minutes. And he couldn't iterate how he was feeling. He couldn't put it to words. So we, we gave him a moment to kind of, okay, settle down. Yeah. Um, and he just started to tear up a little bit. Uh, but for me, it, it was, it was first-hand experience of that weird, magical thing of osteopathy of, oh my gosh, this is a guy who really doesn't... Uh, if I have to be honest, I didn't know exactly what he believed, what he didn't believe. But you know what? Let's go with the narrative of he, he didn't. He had a lot of doubt over cranial osteopathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a man who doubted it massively. And he's there tearing up going. It's a weird feeling because I can feel as if 
my cranium was about to explode. Wow. So he was able to feel himself the movement that I was feeling. Yeah. But then I was working on someone else. So I had this really cool uh, um, colleague as well. So um, another student. And it was interesting because with cranial, what you're doing is you're also finding positions of ease. So I'm able to tap into what your neck wants to do, where your cranium wants to go. So I start to speak to him and I go, oh, actually, you know what? Your cranium wants to do a little bit more of side bending. It yeah. likes the extension. Oh, it really likes the extension. So as I was doing that, he did not speak. But when I put my hands off, he went, it's amazing because I was feeling something and I was thinking it. And then you would say it a second later. Yeah. And it gave him chills. And actually, it's giving me chills even just saying the story again because it was like, wow, so that, what is this about? And that's, and that's exactly, yeah, exactly. I had an experience with a student. We were practicing together. And our tutor said, listen, do it. Find tensions. Do what you can. If you release it, fantastic. But what we don't want, practitioner and patient, do not talk to each other. Do this in complete silence. And at the end, when your hands are off, discuss. I want the patient to tell the practitioner what they felt. So I had my, I was placed my hands over the cranium, over the skull, and what I felt is if all of this tension was expanding into my hands, the palatines being pushed out into my hand, the occiput being pushed back as well. And I'm thinking like, wow, there's a lot of tension here. I was holding it, and we were just trying to balance it because there was a bit of a shift going on. And then all of a sudden, there was a moment where it started to get still. And it was all, and I felt as if it almost like somebody flushed the toilet. It drained down, and I felt it go down the spine. Mm. And I went, "That's that's insane!" And like the the fact that you can feel that, you have the sensation of that, was incredible. So I said, "Okay, we're done." Took my hands off, and I said, "So what did you feel?" She sat up and said to me, "It felt as if there was a lot of tension building in my head. It then kind of hit a level point." And then it felt as if somebody pulled a plug out the toy, uh, out of the sink and it drained down my spine. I could feel it go down my spine. And I said, that is exactly how I would, mm. except I used the toilet <laughs> analogy. And, but that for me is when it kind of Clicked. dropped. And I was like, I've always, like, I've always kind of thought, you know, when I use my hands, I'm, I can always feel things. And like with cranial, I always thought, actually, I can always feel a lot. But when I finally had somebody say the same back to me with what I felt, I was like, this is mad. And I've got another story. So with a um, a patient of mine, um, he had problems with sleeping, insomnia, very high stress job. I did a bit of cranial on him and there was a lot of tension, so much tension. But then something dropped, something dropped. And I felt it. I kid you not, I, I was there. I felt it and I went, and what happened there? Something happened. And he sort of teared up and he went, I, I can't tell you, but a lot of happy memories just completely flushed into my head just that moment. And I was like, I felt that because I could feel your cranial bones move wow. the second that happened. But I can't explain it. It's one of those things where you just simply can't explain it unless you feel it. Yeah. Because with him, it was just this feeling of complete and utter unlocking. 
of all of these emotions, you know, for someone who's in a high stress job, yeah. he was finally in that specific moment where he can just go, I'm at ease. Yeah. This is my moment. That's what cranial is all about. But to be honest, you then look at the research and everyone's bashing it on and on and on and on. And actually, There's we were taught by people who were very frank and they said, unfortunately, we don't know. For yeah. Yeah. They yeah. practiced cranial for years and years and years. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, hey, dude. Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, man. And for us, it was like, you know what? They're being really frank. They're not trying to push the narrative of we know what we're doing. It's they were like. Look, it's not evidence-based. We don't really care. We do it. We get amazing results. We don't care. But what we can, As long as the patient's benefiting. Yeah. And what we can tell you is, anecdotally, it does bloody work. It does. Depending on who you use it on, cranial is such a good tool. Yeah. And I'll be treating patients for a long while, and then they'll magically say, oh, look, I'm just feeling very stressful. And I'll drop it in and I'll go, what if we try a bit of cranial? What have you got to lose? Yep, exactly. It's like, give it a go. See how you feel. I say that to patients. Like, I describe what cranial is, them, how it kind of works. And they say, like, it's like all treatments. It's a trial. See how it feels. You know, obviously, there's going to be some patients who are very much more um, structurally needed to be treated. So maybe be, yeah, manipulated or have muscles worked in too deep. But other patients may not have the tolerance for that. And cranial is a more comfortable approach for them. Had it the other day. Worked perfectly felt a lot better awesome again it was that kind of magical they got up the table and was like oh my god i feel so much better yeah, yeah so yeah. it's yeah it's it's fantastic the only issue with learning cranial especially at the end of a long university day and you're a student and you're studying and all you're doing is revising at home is it's so relaxing you know you can fall asleep quite easily yep yeah, we had I was like practicing on my colleagues, and they'd fall asleep in front of me. Or there was a, there was a time I was literally had my hands on somebody's head, and we're practicing this certain technique, uh, the CB4 technique. And I look over at my at my colleague next to me, and he's practicing with another student. And literally, <laughs> literally, he's 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 doing it, and his head is slowly dropping, like Gabs is explain, uh, demonstrating perfectly right now. But um, his head's just slowly dropping. And it's getting closer and closer to the colleague's forehead, and like it's like moving it like a mi like so slowly, and he's just and drowsing off. And then literally at one point, his forehead's just resting on on, on, the, on the colleague's forehead, and I'm just there like, dude's asleep. All the patient feels is. <laughs> you just saw her eyes open and she just looked up and his forehead's just on top of her forehead he was like um, do you mind waking up and he was like oh my god I'm so sorry this is avatar <laughs> in real life exactly but they woke each other up <laughs> but then but then when it was like right we're going to practice this technique it's the last technique of the day no one wanted to be the practitioner first yeah uh, no one wanted to be the patient first because yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to end as practitioner you always wanted to be practitioner la uh, first because then you get and to then you can fall again. asleep yeah and then yeah. that's it so today we've spoken about sports day the little fun times that we have we've first patients we've spoken about our first patients we've spoken about what cranial osteopathy and the different alternative therapies that we use in osteopathy and how we grew after graduating slightly and we've also spoken about the different weird and wonderful ways that we are able to look after our patients. But also, we haven't discussed all our stories just yet. No. Scratch the surface. Exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode number seven of Mind the Back Chat.
So with that, we're going to leave you with a good afternoon, a good day. And as always, ciao for now. Ciao for now.